0: Well, turn to somebody and tell them you are in the right place. Oh, come on, tell them like you mean it now. You are in the right place today. I don't know if you know it, but God will use anybody. Some of you might be thinking, well, I've I've messed up too much. If you just knew my past, if you knew my story, if you knew all that I had done wrong and messed up, how could God use me? Look at your neighbor and say, God will use even you. Oh, come on, look at him like you're real holy. Look at him and say, God will use even you. You know why? You know why he will? Because you are greater than you think you are. And because he has a plan for you. In the lineage of Christ, if you look through the genealogy. <laughs> That's some messed up folk in the genealogy of Christ. And when you start studying some of those begats that you're all so bored with when you read the Bible, you go to sleep reading the begats, if you read and dig into some of those and see some of their story... You'll be looking back and say, you know, if God would use him, and if God would use her, and if God used that family, and if if God used them, then I know he could use me. So let me say it again. I want you to get it in your spirit. I want you to turn the volume on your hearing aid up right now and listen. When I tell you, God will use anybody. He will even use you because he used me. Because you are greater than you think you are. And because God has a plan and a purpose, a devil conquering destiny for you. That's my foundation for where we're going today. So you got that in your spirit? Yes, sir. So let me show you a family. Um, there was Abraham, the father of our faith, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had a son. His name, he had 12, but he had one. His name was Judah. Somebody say Judah. Yeah. Judah had a son. His oldest son his name was er 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 somebody say Er. er his second son by his wife Shua was Onan or Onan or Onan I don't know how you want to pronounce it but that was number two son number three was Shelah those were the first three Judah praise so his first son er was born When he was old enough, he got married to a lady by the name of Tamar. And Tamar was barren. She had no children. And because Ur was evil, the Bible says God destroyed him. He died. So as the custom of the day was, Judah wanted his eldest son, the heir of all that he possessed, to have a lineage and he didn't have one because Ur had done evil and he died. So Tamar had no children. So the second son, the custom was that Judah said to his second son, Onan, he said, go in, you're gonna marry Tamar and you're gonna perpetuate your older brother's lineage so y'all will have a child together. So Onan, or Onan, he liked the sleeping with her part. But the Bible says he spilled his seed on the ground because he didn't want to perpetuate his brother's seed, his brother's lineage. And so the Bible says that that was evil and displeased the Lord, so the Lord destroyed Onan. So the third son was Shelah, but he was too young to get married. So Judah says to Tamar, go back to your father's house. You're going to be a widow now. Go down and be in mourning because you are a widow. Your your husbands are dead. And when Sheila gets old enough, then he will marry you and you will have a child. And that will still perpetuate the oldest son, Ur, his lineage. Are y'all with me? So she went down to her father's house. So time went by. Time passed. Sheila grew up. He was old enough to get married. But Judah did not put them together so that Tamar could have a child she was still barren and so her name Tamar means date palm date palm tree and the date palm tree in the culture was symbolic of beauty of peace of overcoming of blessings of God and she was doing righteous and had done righteous in the sight of the Lord But when Sheila grew up and Judah did not give her him as a husband so that she could have a child and the seed could be perpetuated, she took matters in her own hand. Look at your neighbor and say, God will use anybody. So she took off her widow garments and she put on a veil and she played the part of a prostitute. She heard that Judah's wife had died, Shua. And he was coming near to where she was to make a business deal. This is all in the Bible now. And so she found out. So she laid in wait for him. And when he came by, she was veiled so he would not recognize her. And he, she went to him. And being a man as he was, his wife was dead. He says to her, will you spend some time with me? Judah, praise. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, God will use anybody, won't he? So Judah has a relationship with Tamar. Somebody say, his daughter-in-law. And Tamar gets pregnant. Let that sink in just a minute. And so she goes back, puts on her widow garment, and gets pregnant, or she was pregnant. A few months pass by, and they send word to Judah, her father-in-law, your widow daughter-in-law, Tamar, is pregnant. Judah, acting all self-righteous and everything, said, bring her. She needs to be burned. She needs to be destroyed. We need to put her to death. She has sinned And of course when he asked Tamar the first time if she would spend a little time with him She said what will you give me? He said I will send you a goat from my herd You're gonna pay her with a goat now Get your neighbor and say you ain't nothing but a goat You're only worth a goat so she says well what will you give me as a promise until the goat comes she said give me your signet and your bonding cord you know if it was modern-day what she really said is give me your Rolex watch and I'll hold that until you send me the Mercedes so he gave her his Rolex watch or his signet and his cord that was his, that identified him, she went back, put on her widow garments. Are you following me now? And when they were going to put her to death, she said, oh, send these garments here. Send this, this cord and this, this bonding cord and this signet. Uh, send the Rolex watch and say, whoever owns this is the father of my child. And so they took that to Judah and said, "Here, whoever owns this, this is the father of Tamar's baby. He goes, you got me? She has been more righteous than me because I would not give Sheila to her as a husband to perpetuate the seed of Ur. She's more righteous than me. And he said, And the Bible says he knew her no more but she had a baby now she was pregnant she didn't have the baby yet but the baby was there and so we're going to pick up today and we're going to talk about these babies actually she had twins somebody say twins Twins. you know the Bible says that Thomas was a twin and the root of that word is Didymus his name Thomas He was twin They called him twin Because he was a twin There were two of them And it it means It came from the root word Didymus Which we get our word You're going to love this Ditto Ditto That's what it meant And so We know that There are a number of sets of twins in the Bible We know that uh, Esau was a twin Jacob They argued, they fussed. You know that whole story. I don't have time to go there today. But Tamar had twins. So as we look at this scripture, it's found in Genesis chapter 38. And the Bible says, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. So as you look at this scripture, I begin to break it down as I begin to study it. uh, The first thing I want to tell you is that there is a time for giving birth. Every season is not a birthing season. Ecclesiastes says there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to kill, a time to heal. There's many seasons that we go through. But there is a time for giving birth. And the time for giving birth is a season when something has been deposited in you so that at the right time... You can give birth to that which has been deposited in you. Before the birthing season comes, there is a season of process, This season of growth. Something must happen from the deposit that was made. Something must take place. There is a season of development. There is a season of preparation. Eventually, there is a season of pushing. And several things take place. During this season after the seed has been deposited and then we get to the time where there is a time for giving birth And that's where we are. That's where I want to pick up today There is a time for giving birth So I need to tell you that if you are here today Seeds have been deposited in you. James chapter 1 said every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above Comes down from the father and and there is no um, there is no shadow of turning Every gift comes from him. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. So every morning at about... 1201, right after midnight, you can expect a fresh download of God's mercies, His grace, His provision. He makes deposits into us. He puts things in our spirit. Sometimes it's when we are sleeping. Sometimes you are dreaming. Sometimes you are awake and you receive a vision. But God makes deposits in us on a regular basis. So the dreams that you have, the goals that you have, the things that God has put in you from the time you were, don't miss this, from the time you were a boy, from the time you were a youth, those things. From the time you were a young girl, when God made those deposits in you, it was so at the right time when the season came, when that which has been deposited in you reaches fruition, you will give birth. You didn't hear me, let me say it again you will give birth. I don't know what you buried. I don't know what you've tried to hide. I don't know what you've tried to keep dead. I don't know what you've allowed the enemy to try to bury in you and kill within you, but those things that God deposited in you for the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 50 years, years—maybe I don't know, but those things that God has deposited in you, there will come a time and now is when you have to give birth To what he has deposited in you I was born for this season I was born for now I'm grateful for the past I'm grateful for the successes I'm grateful for the things that have been accomplished over the course of my life up until now but I was born for now There is a time for giving birth. See, some of you thought, well, you were too old to give birth. See, some of you thought you only can give birth during a certain season, during a certain age range. No, 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 not so. Abraham and Sarah defied that. See, we get in our mindset that it has to be during this period. And we're already over here in this period. And it didn't happen over there. So we think we're past time. Can't happen. Won't happen for me. I wish it would. But, but I had that dream a long time ago. And I gave up on that way back over here. Because it didn't happen when I thought it should happen. So it must not be going to happen. Am I talking to anybody? I don't have time to preach today. I know I don't have time to preach. When the time Came for her to give birth the deposit that had been made by Judah by praise even in all the patent place even with all the chaos even with all the confusion even with all the sin even with all the stuff that convoluted the lives of this family Judah Praise had made a deposit in Tamar, the date palm, the beautiful, peaceful, victorious Tamar. He had, made a, he had made a deposit in her, and it was twins. Double. So the Bible says, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. Now keep in mind, they did not have sonograms back then. Right. So, how did they know it was a boy? How did they know it was two boys? How did they know? Some of you medical folks, how did they know 6,000 years ago? How did they know? Could it be prophetic? See, back then when they didn't have a sonogram, they had to rely on prophecy. What if we started relying on prophetic words again today? We have, prophetic, we have prophecy in this house. We have prophetic people in this house. What if we started listening to the prophetic word that God had deposited in our midst? I don't even have time to preach But at the appointed time, the birth is gonna happen. The birth will happen. When, when Rita was pregnant with Brittany, the day, <laughs> the day Brittany was born, we left here, and your pains were how far apart when we left town? Three minutes, is that right? And we left town, I said, don't you think we need to hang close and maybe go to the hospital? She said, no. She said, this is false labor. We went over to Cleveland. We met her mom. We were eating at Wendy's, of all places. And her mama said, because she was having pains in her back, and her mama said, well, that's not it, because it'll move around to the front. I think that's what you said. I know what you said. She said, it'll move around to the front. Well, it never did. It was in the back. And so after a while at Wendy's, she said, maybe we need to go back home. So we came back to Chattanooga. And on the way back in the car, her pains were one minute apart. One minute. We got to the house. She said, I'm going to bed. I said, Going to bed? You're not going to bed. We're going to get your stuff. We're going to the hospital. She said, No, I'm going to bed. I said, You call the doctor. She said, I'm getting into bed. I'm taking my clothes off. I'm getting into bed. And I'm going to take a nap. I said, Baby, no. No, we got to go to the hospital. We were one minute apart. When we got inside the door, when we walked in the front door, she goes, Oh. And when the pain passed, she said, I'm not even pregnant. She said that. She said that. I said, I said, you are deceived. Because she was great with child. So I said, you call the doctor. So she called the doctor and told the doctor she was one minute apart. The doctor said, you better get to the hospital right now. So we got to the hospital, and the man was taking us up on the elevator. They put her in a wheelchair. And he said, your water broke? She said, no. He said, oh, you're going to be here a long time. Less than 90 minutes later, Brittany was here. So when it's time, it's time. When it's time for you to birth what God has deposited in you, don't worry that the water hasn't broke. Don't don't worry that it might be different than somebody else in your family or somebody else that you know. Don't worry that it might be a different situation because everybody is individual to God. You are one in eight billion on the planet and all the billions that came came before you. You are one. And God has a plan and purpose for your life. So when it's time to give birth, At the appointed time, the birth will happen. Somebody say amen. Amen. But now, keep in mind, the birthing requires process. The Bible says, as she was giving birth, one of the twins put his hand out. Hey, everybody. I'm here. So while his hand was out, the midwife tied a scarlet thread or a scarlet ribbon on that, on that wrist, on that hand, and said, she's prophesying now, she's marking now, she's making a declaration, and she said, this one, the one with the scarlet red ribbon thread on his wrist, that one came out first. See, before a baby can be born, the baby has to get in position. Before anything is given, before anything is birthed, it must first be in position. There is a process, there are some things that have to take place. I've never birthed a baby, but I have birthed a lot of things in my life, I have birthed the ministry. We're birthing a studio over there right now. If you want to go over there and look and see, that is the beginning stages. It was first birthed here in my spirit, in my mind, and then we've got it on paper. Now we've got it taped out. In a few days, there will be some frames and some framing going up. Then there will be some sheetrock. Then there will be some electrical wire. So I birthed many things. I don't have time to tell you all the things that I birthed in my life, but I know a little bit about birthing. On, and before you give birth to anything, it must be in position. So, when the hand came out, some would folks would say, He's the one that came out first. Let me prove it. I'm going to tie a ribbon around his wrist. They should have been looking for a head and not a hand. Because even though his hand came out, he was not in position. He was trying to get out, he was trying to make a statement. And why would they put a red ribbon around it? I'm glad you ask, because the red ribbon represented royalty. And even though the scenario was as I described to you earlier, he was whoever the first one that came out was from Judah, was going to be the heir to Ur to Judah, and was going to be in the lineage of King David. And eventually Jesus Christ the Messiah the Son of God so do you understand that Jesus the Messiah whom God sent to this earth to die on the cross so that we can live and have everlasting life when you look back up the lineage you had the mess that I described to you a little bit earlier and God knew all that before it ever happened he knew it would happen like he did but he still chose Abraham Isaac Jacob Judah and the twin that came out first that i'm going to tell you about in a moment Is this boring? If it's 12 o'clock if you're taking medicine, it's 12 if you need to go to shoney's. Oh, they don't have shoney's anymore do they? If you need to go to lunch and beat the baptist there you better leave now So why did they put the ribbon because they were tracking Who the firstborn was going to be? the the scarlet ribbon represented the royalty because he was in the lineage of King David and the lineage eventually of Jesus Christ the King of the universe but understand as she was giving birth one of them put out his hand so the midwife put a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said this one came out first but did he really come out first was he born the hand was born But what about the rest of him? And then he pulled it back in. Or maybe the other twin says, wait, get back in here. You're not going to be born first. God's got a plan for my life. Maybe he just reached and grabbed him or grabbed the arm and said, excuse me. Mm. You're not even in position You can't even be born arm first You can't be born hand first That's not the way you're born You got to get your head in the canal Wait for the dilation And then you go out when they push Somebody say push. push So Understand That there is a process For the baby to be born. And so then the unexpected happened. See, the midwife's already said, He came out first. I marked him, I put the red scarlet ribbon on him. But verse 29 says, Then it happened, as he drew back his hand, that his brother came out unexpectedly. I wonder if there are any unexpected folk in this house i wonder if there's anybody that you have surprised your family and you have surprised your school teachers and you have surprised the people on the job i I wonder if there's anybody here that has unexpectedly done some things and been some places and overcome some things that the enemy said i'm gonna kill him i'm gonna stop him you'll never amount to anything I wonder if there's any unexpected people in this house. I don't know if I'm talking to the right crowd or not. you awful quiet in here today. But I need to tell you that this baby says, come back in here. You're not going to be born. And it happened unexpectedly that she said, and he was born. And she said to him, how did you break through? So when I read that, I thought, you know, she was prophesying. She was asking a question, but she was prophesying. She said, How? But he was born, and she said, breakthrough, breakthrough. Where's the scarlet cord? I, I, that one came out for it first, but you're here. How did you do that? How did you break through? Somebody shout, breakthrough. How did you break through? And then she said this, this breach. This breakthrough, this coming out party that you've just had on your own without the scarlet thread that I put on, I thought I was putting it on you, but how did you happen? Then she said this. She took no responsibility. She said, this breach is on you, baby. Her hands were off. She said, this, this breach, and see, a breach is to break through, to come out to break through a place that meant to keep you there. She meant to keep him in until the scarlet ribbon baby came out. But he came out and she said, how did you break through? This breach is on you. Therefore his name shall be called Perez. Thank you for shouting right there. Oh, you don't know what Perez means. When I tell you, you'll shout. The name Perez means Breaker. The name Perez means breakthrough, breaking out. You're not gonna stop me. No no red ribbon's gonna keep me from coming out first. No twin that looks like me but not me gonna keep me from coming out first. Get back in here, boy. I'm coming out. I'm the breaker. I'm the anointed one. I'm the one that God placed a destiny, a breakthrough on me. I have the anointing of the breaker and I'm coming out, I'm coming out, I'm coming out. So the midwife, she marked the other baby with the ribbon But when Perez came out, they marked him with his name and said breaker, breaker. Here's the breaker. Give him a wall. He'll break through. Give him a mountain. He'll break through. Give him a storm, He'll break through. Give him a tribulation. He'll break through. Give him fear. He'll break through. Give him sickness. He'll break through. Give him a battle. He'll break through. Give him poverty. He'll break through. Break through. Break through. I need to tell you you are greater than you think you are you're made in the image of god he created you with a purpose he created you with a plan he created you with a destiny and it is time for us to break 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 out break through in jesus name so you know what happened here matthew 20 verse 16 happened right here the first shall be last and the last shall be first everything changed everything changed let me say it again you didn't get it everything changed because if the first one had been born first there would have never been a baby called breaker but it changed and so god says the anointing because god knew the anointing for the situation the anointing of the breaker is on this one get back in here get your hand back in here I'm coming out I'm coming out I'm coming out I am the breaker so he was marked as the breaker so the breaker anointing at this moment had been birthed in Genesis 38 verse 30 says and after this his brother came out you know the one with the scarlet thread on his hand and they named him Zara. Now, Zara means bright and shining. <laughs> he was happy. He was bright. He was shining. It means glowing also. So he had a, he had a glow about him. And he had a scarlet ribbon on his wrist. But he wasn't the breaker and here's what I want you to get. He was a twin He was ditto He looked like Perez He looked like the breaker He spent nine months side by side with the breaker He had the opportunity to come out first had he gotten in position first he might have come out first and everything would have been different but even though he was in position, he was not in position correctly. You can be in your place that you've been assigned. But if you're not in that position correct, and you're just wallering around, wasting time, not focused, not paying attention, not ready to come out, not ready to be in position like you're supposed to be. You can be in the position, but not be in position. You don't need to think that just because you're in a position that you are in the position you're supposed to be in. You are a warrior. You are a soldier. You have been anointed for such a time as this. We are part of the remnant church. So don't think just because you're at the church you're in position. Don't just think that because you showed up a few minutes late, you're in position. You've got to get in position, ready to break through, ready to bust through, ready to change the world. So he came out and they named him Zara, Shining, glowing, showing, happy to be here. He looked like Breaker. He looked like Perez. But he was not Perez. He was not the Breaker. I need to tell you, the Breaker anointing Is here I wish I had time to go down through the scripture and tell you about some of the breakers in the Bible there were many breakers in the Bible I don't have time to tell you about all of them but I can tell you about Abraham Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 they were way past the years I told you that and they had a son named laughter Isaac Abraham and Sarah they were breakers Moses was a breaker He spent 40 years in the palace. Then he spent 40 years in the wilderness because he killed a man and he ran for his life. But the last 40 years he spent leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. He was a breaker. Nobody else took them out. Nobody else brought them out of Egypt, but he brought them out. He was a breaker. If you think about Joseph, they put him in a pit. He ended up in Potiphar's house. Then he ended up in prison. But he broke out, and he became the prime minister. He was a breaker. Down through Scripture, there are breakers. When they put Daniel in the lion's den, and the lions were hungry, and they were going to eat him, could I tell you that he said, shut your mouth, lions. You're not going to eat me today. I will not be your lunch. I will not be your breakfast. I will not be your dinner. Shut your mouth. And the next morning, the king came and looked down and said, Oh, Daniel, does your God, did your God, whom you, con- con- who you continually serve, did he deliver you? And he said, Breaker, I'm here. No lion's going to kill me. When they put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, they thought they were going to burn them up. Breaker, 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 anointing was on them. See, understand that Perez was born in Genesis chapter 38. In the first book, he set the course for breakers to follow in his footsteps, down through history, down through biblical history, could I tell you that we are passing the dispensation now? We are crossing the threshold. I've told you before, from the dispensation of grace that we've been in for 2,000 years, we are crossing now into the dispensation of the end times, the last days. The rapture's going to take place. The, the end times are coming now. The tribulation will come. Antichrist is going to come on the scene, on the scene. Jewish rabbis said in October they are meeting with the Messiah now and he will reveal himself soon. They said that in Jerusalem back in October. I want you to know that the time is near. And so the breaker anointing is here. It started with Perez and it has been passed down through history. I don't even have time to tell you about Saul who became Paul on the road to Damascus and God anointed him later on a missionary journey. He was on his way to Malta and the ship wrecked and they found themselves ashore and the natives there took care of them And when they did Paul got up to stoke the fire and when he did the bible says a serpent attached itself to his arm Could have killed him as a matter of fact all the natives said well, he must be a murderer He didn't die in the shipwreck. He's gonna die now Paul says, shook it off in the fire. When he didn't die in a little while, they changed their minds. The Bible said they changed their mind. There's some folks changing their minds right now because they're watching you. He, Paul shook it off and said, breaker, 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 breaker. No serpent's going to kill me. They put, they put John on Patmos in a pot of oil and tried to burn him, but he wouldn't boil. He wouldn't burn. Breaker. And I don't have time to tell you about Simon Peter when they put him in prison. He was there with 16 soldiers. He was in the jail within the jail. He was locked up. He was in the back. And they were having a prayer meeting at Rhoda's house to get him out. And they prayed. And the Bible says the angels came. And they came to him and they smote him. And they said, get up, Simon Peter. And he was laying. He was sitting there chained to the wall. Chains on his arms, chains on his feet. No way he could get out. And the angel said to him, get up. He could have said, do you not see me, fool? I'm chained here. How can I get up? The angel said, get up. The Bible says Simon Peter got up. When he got up, the chains broke off. The chains fell off. I need to tell somebody today, you have a breaker anointing. You have been anointed for such a time as this. You may feel like you are chained to the wall. You may feel like you're in captivity. You may feel like you can't get up, but I'm telling you, get up, get up, get up, get up. There is a breaker anointing on you. When you get up, the chains will fall off. I love this scripture. I have a book called Secrets of a Giant Killer. And every time I sign one and give it to somebody I've marked this scripture and I put Matthew eleven twelve, 12 and from the days of John the Baptist somebody said breaker. breaker until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence have you ever seen it more in your lifetime than we're seeing it right now and the violent the warriors the breakers the people of God take it by force I need to tell somebody, you are a breaker. The breaker anointing is here. You may not feel like a breaker. You may have had a past that you didn't break out of anything. But if you're here, you are part of the remnant. If you are here, you are a breaker. If you are here, God has anointed you for such a time as this. I'm a breaker. A number of times in my life, devil tried to kill me. When I was about five years old, I was staying at a place after school or before school. I don't know. I was little. I jumped off the porch. There was a water faucet. They had taken the the little little knob that you turn. They had taken that off, so the faucet was just up like that. We were jumping off the porch. I jumped. I hit it. I straddled myself. When I got home that night, I said to mom and dad, let me show you what I did today. And blood had filled my undergarments, my clothes. Of course, mom and dad like, ah! they took me to the hospital the doctor said we don't know but there's a strong strong possibility that this child will never father a child wrong about a year later I was having trouble hearing they took me to the doctor and the doctor said he could lose his hearing it's a strong possibility we can do a procedure but there's no guarantee he'll probably be deaf they did the procedure oh you hard-of-hearing folks didn't hear me I said I can hear a whisper a number of years ago it's in the book on secrets of a giant killer we were pastoring in Alabama I had just ended a 40-day fast so I was prayed up fasted up I was ready to go and on a Sunday night a woman came into our church Pretending to want to be saved sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost She was married to the number one warlock of Alabama She bragged that she had sacrificed her own children to the devil She came into our altar service. This would be hard for some of you to believe but we had it filmed It was on video. We were on TV at that time and it was on this side of the, the altar during the altar service I was praying for her and there were four or five men around and she levitated off the floor about 8 or 10 inches, and they were holding her down. I said, get her out of here. Get her in the chapel. We're going to go in there and cast that demon out of her. It's a long story I don't have time to tell, but they put her in there. I finished the service, dismissed the service, went over there. When I came back in, she was jumping up and down and said, I'm free, I'm free, and everybody in the room was going, Oh, she's free. We got it out. She's free. And I knew in my spirit she was lying. I knew. But, you know, we had 20 people in there, and they were all... Prayed up saints. But I knew she was not free. So we dismissed. I sent three ladies home with her to be sure she got home right okay. There's a lot more to this story. I'm just hitting some highlights. Somehow she got my Bible that night. I didn't know it. And she took it home with her. When Reed and I got home, Pastor Reed and I got home that night, we were tormented all night with the spirit of fear. I called. Dr. A and Pastor O, we called them about 3 o'clock in the morning and woke them up and said, we need you to pray. Told them what we'd gone through. Over the next six weeks, we were tormented by fear. And over the next six weeks, I faced death, close calls to death, 12 times. And I can tell you about each one of those, but I mean close calls to death. Almost had a head-on collision in one. I was in an airplane on another one and we took off and as we took off the something happened on a beautiful clear day seemingly no wind and the wind it's like somebody just pushed the wing down and the wing almost touched the ground on takeoff that never happens a few days later i was flying the small plane i was going down to miami florida and when i landed actually fort lauderdale and when i landed we lost control of the airplane on the runway started fish like this almost could have died any moment then, but we were able to regain control. I'm calling Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But 12 times in six weeks, I had close calls with death, just like that. Another that morning, I was going early to the hospital. I was going to Birmingham. And one of my staff members was driving me down. We were going to make a visit in the hospital. And, and I just I saw, I had a quick flash vision that we spun out, went off the road, down in the ravine between the two interstate highways, and hit a tree and crashed. I had that go through my mind. I had no—I had just seen that in my spirit, and the, the staff member driving the car said, Oh! I said, What's wrong? And he looked in the mirror, and I turned around and looked, and the car behind us spun out, went off the ravine, down in the ravine, and hit a, hit a tree and crashed. 12 of those incidents in 60 days. I knew that we were dealing with a curse. I knew that we were dealing with an assignment from that lady because she took my Bible. I got it back, but it took six weeks for us to break it, and I just finished a 40-day fast. So don't think that the devil doesn't have some power. But, somebody say but, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I stayed the course, and we pressed through, and the the breaker anointing broke that spirit, broke that curse, broke that assignment, turned everything around. During those six weeks, I had church members that would come to me for counseling, saying, Pastor, we don't know what's going on. Crazy things, bizarre things are happening in our house. We don't even ever open our front door. We keep it locked. We keep it closed. Three o'clock in the morning, my door is standing wide open, my front door. We're hearing noises in the house. We get up and the front door is open. I was hearing stories like that for six weeks. But I need to tell you, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. In Acts chapter 17, around verse 6, It talked about Jason and it said those that have turned the world upside down have come here. I need to tell you when you begin to walk in the breaker anointing, when you begin to take it by force, when you walk in the breaker anointing, you will turn the world upside down. I'm declaring and decreeing today. I'm prophesying to you today. It is time for us to turn Chattanooga upside down. It is time for us to turn Tennessee and North Georgia upside down. It is time for us to turn this region upside down. It's time to break assignments and cast out principalities and powers and back them up in the name of Jesus because the breaker anointing is here. The breaker anointing is on you for such a time and time. What is this?